like Tucker, I'm Todd. Hi, Todd, I'm Tucker. So far, so good. Everything is coming in smooth. Yeah, speaking of smooth, uh, I said buttered, but I actually peanut buttered. Is it creamy peanut butter? No, it's crunchy because I'm not a... Oh, almost said a bad word. (laughs) You're not a uh, Thai sex tourism enthusiast? Yeah, that's actually a pretty good one. I'm not one of those. (laughs) you know who was do tell do tell oh i can't even remember his name now and uh, i've noticed that we both have a tick in which we tut click before we come up with a thought and i know that it's a thing that i've done for a long time and i hadn't noticed you doing it before but i think it might be infecting you (laughs) you think so (laughs) you think that you're you're actually like mimetically getting into me I don't, I don't know, well, because I had not noticed it as much as I have in the past two episodes of editing you as you doing a little click before, and it's very funny, but that's the our vibrating on the same wavelength. Well, it wouldn't surprise me. People who uh, speak to each other a lot pick up a lot of the same habits. I pick up, like, when I do deep dives on podcasts when I first... My favorite thing is to stumble upon a podcast that has, like, four or five years of episodes. And then just listen to them all at once until I can't listen to the hosts anymore. But I've noticed multiple individuals whose speech habits I've picked up. I've picked up Jake and Amir's speech habits, Dan Harmon, Mitch Hedberg, George Carlin. Hey, look who's not a poet and insists on acting like he doesn't know it. I'm bad for Carlin. And if I listen to Hedberg too much, I will be bad for Hedberg. I've heard people remark all the time that Atel is super infectious, but I've never found myself to speak in Atel's rhythm at all. But Hedberg is is so easy to get stuck doing. It's because it's got this sort of breezy quality that makes it sound so comfortable. Breezy is the right word. Hey, that's a hip table. Yeah, see, he just, everything he says just kind of sounds comfy conan on his podcast this week was remarking how bill burr sounds like he is taking one sixteenth of a breath and then trying to fit in as many words as possible before the breath runs out (laughs) sometimes when bill really gets going it does kind of sound like that our parasocial friends and mentors i suppose in a way idols mentors heroes We could be heroes and idols whom we shall never meet or interact with, probably in any way, directly or indirectly, unless it's to kill them. That's not a threat. I'm just, you know, kill your idols. Yeah. Yeah. That's so everybody knows that not a threat. I didn't name anyone. We don't we don't want to hurt anybody, much less kill them. We just want to make people laugh. While we make fun of them. Yeah, I think actually our main goal is to make each other laugh. And then if anybody would care to follow along in the process, then that would be great. That's yeah, I think that's pretty much the actually, you know what? Fuck you. I'm here to make myself laugh. Yeah. And speaking of smooth. (laughs) (laughs) 
Let me segue into our first premise. Actually, let me introduce everybody into this episode of the Tucker and Todd show, because tonight is our season finale of season one. Enter uh, Craig, put all of the sound effects here. Kids. Yay. Audience. Yay. And this is where we have like the, the sounds of fireworks and like those little sparklers and stuff. Oh, yeah. Fireworks cannons going off. Uh, yeah, we can have we can have cannons and we can have uh, some like American fair music. Yes, that's exactly what I was just saying, and not American fair music. Both at the same time, they sound similar, depending on how patriotic you really are. <laughs> you know, if you're patriotic enough, American fair music will get you there. I think if you're patriotic enough, everything sounds like orgasms. <laughs> Uh, but what I wanted to do for our season finale was, and you, I think, actually gave me a lovely idea right before we started to kind of tie it all together. I'm going to introduce, let me jump into premise discussions. You called it a Battle Royale super episode, parody, parodying Smoking Aces and The Purge, including an ensemble cast all trying to kill us or evade us in order to steal our precious blank YouTube award. YouTube has sent their own hit squad, and an anonymous Emmy has placed a bounty on our heads. You say you bet it was Miranda. And what I was... I mean, if anybody hates us, she does. <laughs> I guess she does want revenge. That's a good revenge plot. We may, Man, we tipped her, and we probably ate her sister. <laughs> oh, no. Her sis- I forgot about her sister. That The sister didn't get worked into that plot at all. But there was a sister who I believe got... Oh, that was in the noir piece. Yeah, with the straight detective. Right, straight detective. And there's so much to do. I was hoping I was hoping we could do at some point, this is a promise I'm going to have to write down as we a tangent away for a second, is also in uh, like an old fashioned, like a silent film, a, 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 dramat- a parody of a dramatic like love story in a black and white silent film. Oh, is that going to be with like the occasional speech card? I love those. Yeah, exactly. With the, the film effects. And it's got to have like, that sound of the uh, the rolling film. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. Anyways, I was thinking before I saw this prompt that you, I actually hadn't seen this from this morning. We were discussing it and then two, an hour later you added an uh, additional thing. But what I was going to say was, what if this was tied to the script we started writing <laughs> writing for the movie? the saves the internet movie we go into the internet and then all of these forces are coming after us what we're going after is the blank youtube award oh interesting so so do we do we need our is our quest to actually go and get the blank youtube award that we are kind of discussing having now yeah because i'm wondering we might have to finesse it a little bit but maybe the the blank youtube awards are actually like the the plutonium or whatever of what makes the internet run and (laughs) okay i like that whatever the internet runs on whatever makes it click the blank youtube awards those precious gold medallions that everybody gets encased in their in those little display cases that's it. That is the internet unobtainium. <laughs> yeah, the unobtainium, exactly. And so I think originally in that that plot for the movie, we had said that we would go to we would we would first be sent by some sort of 
ruler entity. I think we said maybe like the Council of Karens. No, we said some sort of queen. We had some. Yeah, sort we had of... a queen, but like I think it was Queen Karen. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it was, it was Queen Influencer or something like that. It was somebody who was lame and needed the internet badly, and so we were. Yeah, I, f- I forget what she wanted it for. We're uh, yeah. awful at this. <laughs> well, that was so long ago. That was actually months ago now. Yeah, and this one once it comes out, it kind of like doesn't. It's gone. It's out. Like it comes out of our mouths, and then we don't retain it after that. We'll get through it quickly because after that, we are sent to a planet where we use Stan's spaceship, right? Yeah, we have to go and find it in a wrecking yard, and we take that to the planet where the internet was originated from and then we meet a ruler or queen there of some sort who sends us into the internet but maybe it might not yeah, be a queen. right right into the source we jack into the matrix where we do so do we actually go into the internet or has the unobtainium been stolen from that source we don't actually go in there the the climax of the movie is when we return the the unobtainium we need to come up with a better name it's just a youtube award we were to return the youtube awards to the internet planet it's been stolen well see it's like this. First, we have to go and get the YouTube award, but that's only part of the quest. It would it's it would be like if the first part of the Lord of the Rings was they have to go and acquire the ring. We still have to take the YouTube award oh, into the Matrix. We had said that in the original plot for the Smoking Aces bit was that we had stole we had stolen the YouTube awards. So is this some sort of So did we damn the internet ourselves? Did did we actually break the internet ourselves? Did we do this? I think we actually, I think we agreed that we did. We were doing a, we were doing a show, like a hundredth episode celebration or something, and we broke the internet. Yeah, we said that we did broke we, the internet with people can we, tuning in. Can, can we use that as cover to steal one of these blank awards that has nobody's name on it yet? Oh, yeah, and we notice somebody calls out at the, some, at the, the uh, denouement or whatever. Somebody points out that, hey... In that 100th episode, you can only ever see Todd or Tucker in the room at one time. What were they up to? Oh, I like those. Then it's a mystery, and we actually need Columbo. Right. Ooh, yeah. It's like an actual, it's like one of those like Agatha Christie type mysteries. Yeah, the one time where Columbo actually gets to do the Columbo thing. And so, do... Does everybody know that we stole it? So does this get pointed out from the beginning? Because we have all these people coming after us. They have to know fairly early on. Or does other people coming after us happen later? Well, see, this is the part where we have a major divide between the movie plot where we save the internet and this plot where we're just trying not to be killed. Or so is this movie is our first movie called Tucker and Todd Break the Internet. And then in the we have a sequel called Tucker and Todd Save the Internet. I think that's probably the correct choice. Okay. And yes, we're not good at covering our tracks because our level of competence is only slightly higher than Craig's. So we get found out pretty quickly. And yeah, there's almost immediately a bounty. I mean, I'm sure YouTube has like tracking devices on them that we didn't even think about. And so we are, we said magooing. So we're like clumsily, barely getting away with our lives every time. Yeah. Like, um, like, it's almost like a bizarre set of coincidences that allow us to survive each time. Like, suppose two different groups of assassins, both of them intent on killing us, 
they wind up colliding with each other and just like obliterating each other while narrowly missing us. Because we bent over to pick up a toonie or something. Exactly. Like it, it's got a. I I said like way too many times in the last couple of sentences. But yes, they they basically just become victims of cruel, cruel fate. Do we have like Rube Goldberg esque environments that we literally magoo our way through? I mean, it'd be it would, it would be a lot more fun if we did. Interesting, and I think that well, I mean, and that is sort of almost also Home Alone ish, which could play into when the non kid assassins come after us. We could swing some paint cans at them or something like that. Yes, little little booby traps and stuff. And in fact, you know, we should probably reuse some of the booby trap props. Oh, interesting. Well, I mean, maybe we could use the green screen as a gimmick for that's how we get away in a lot of cases is we like hop into a scene from a place that we've been before and we can reuse the rusted root song. <laughs> yes, I, I do like the idea of having like Rube Goldberg environments where not only do we, for instance, bend over to pick up that toonie, but suppose, for instance, that picking it up causes something somewhere to become unstuck and then like a, a fence post falls down and kills one of our pursuers. Yeah. Things on pulleys and swinging and whatnot. But it has to be like totally accidental except for our own cleverly made booby traps. We knock over an art deco table lamp and it starts a fire. Which which provides perfect cover for us to escape. It smokes out the place. Yeah. I also think that since we're relying mostly on fate that uh, some of our booby traps, we should actually fall victim to them ourselves. Maybe this is actually... Oh, we fall victim to some of our booby traps and then do it so we then make remarks on, like, how did that happen? We were the ones who said it? Or are we mad at Craig? I think we can be safely mad at literally anyone but ourselves. But the idea behind that is supposed to be the implication that we're getting by purely on luck. The root, the like the the Rube Goldberg stuff that happens without our direct intervention, just accidentally, is what keeps saving us. And our own deliberate attempts at booby trapping are shoddy at best. Oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I like they that. work sometimes, but often enough, they get us, or they get us and the assassins at the same time, thereby kind of leaving us on equal footing, right where we started. This might actually be a good way to employ your. Uh... Scooby-Doo, oh, why can't I now remember the name of the goddamn music? Yakety Sax? Oh, the, the hallway, yeah, the hallway of the doors. The hallway of doors with everybody chasing us. <laughs> the hallway of doors with the uh, the Benny Hill theme playing. Right, yeah, Benny Hill. <laughs> uh, there's got to be at least one lady in lingerie on roller skates chasing us, too, just out of nowhere. Well, I like actually, the interesting, bizarre groups of characters come and going as they change from doorway to doorway. Some of whom shouldn't even be part of the sketch and should just like just appear just because one of them is one of the bosses from the Violet Hold. Oh, interesting. Just as a coming from left and right. Weird. That's little. A, that's a thing. nice little nerdy Easter egg. Yeah. Right in the midst of Blizzard going down in flames. <laughs> I haven't liked them for a long time. So but we can separate the art from the artist. Yes, we can. Even or if I guess the, the art is very clearly sexist already. We can separate the nostalgia from the corporation. Yes. <laughs> That'll be our hashtag. Normalize separating nostalgia from corporations, man. 
anyways, that thing is going to burn down. So, like, yeah. like that art, like, just like what's going to happen from the Art Deco table lamp, which covers our escape as we move on to whatever, probably right into the Scooby Doo hallway chase. Oh, so, I like that. That's no, that's what's happening. One of the rooms that we leave is on fire. And so as the Scooby-Doo hallway chase progresses, it actually becomes perilous as the building we're in starts to burn down and smoke out. Oh, and all the different groups of people are all coughing. Yeah, like we're all running around and at first it looks like there's nothing really going on. And then like a little bit of smoke starts pouring out of that one room that everybody is suspiciously not going back into. And then soon fire is just coming out the door and it's... It's starting to spread, and then soon that entire end of the hallway is burning. And mm-hmm. everybody's just, like, slowly, they're stopping, they're running and chasing as they look at the fire, and they're like, we should probably get the fuck out of here. Well, I was going to say, to get out of there, do we actually break the fourth wall? And everybody starts screaming, like, when are we going to cut? And we cut to the, the cameras and the director are like, no, 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 you've got insurance. Oh, I like that, yeah. And then... And then I guess as like a transitional scene, we have to stop and everybody's just kind of like villains and heroes alike are kind of just getting coffee on the set. <laughs> I do like that. We're all together at the craft service table. And then somebody's like, all right, what? Somebody, yes. Like the director comes by looking for everybody. Where the hell is everybody? We've got a scene in five. And then we get dragged back onto the set. And we resume. Oh, uh, so is it because I'm I'm thinking we've got them. We've got Yakety Sax going, Benny Hill music. And then we have this wall breaking moment and then the music cuts and it's is there elevator music while we're all standing? It's just a one shot of as we're all munching on our snacks. And then is it somebody comes in going, what is everybody doing? We've got a scene or does somebody go, hey, what the fuck happened to Tucker and Todd? Because we took that moment to slip away. Oh, did we sneak away? Because that would actually make it much more engaging moving on to the next scene. Yeah, because we do actually need to get away from them. We need to get away from the we broke reality and then we need to turn that moment back into reality because we did need to get away because they are actually after us. It's not actually a movie. Okay, so we're breaking a fifth wall, too. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we we kind of break back to the other side. We're going to break... We broke the fourth wall, and now we're going to try to break back through the bo- fourth wall the way we came. We, we we broke the fourth wall, and then we patched it up and repaired it. So we, we actually screwed I around. Maybe a reference where it's actually... <laughs> we screwed around with this trope literally just to get away from these guys. Yeah. Oh, actually. And yeah, one of us remarks to the other how clever that was, maybe. Yeah, I, I, think, I think somebody should. It's definitely... It's definitely Todd's idea to go through the fourth wall. Or actually, I think maybe we now have Stan and Craig with us. I'm carrying, like, yeah, maybe (laughs) I'm riding in in Craig and you're carrying Stan or something like that. And we're like, thank Christ we have Stan because I wouldn't have thought of that. Are we going to just attribute our good ideas to that fucking bear? I don't know if we, because we ram home pretty consistently that we're stupid and lucky so i don't know if we actually would have thought of going through the that's true i think out of the entire thing we're allowed to have at least one good idea based on the broken clock principle or perhaps it is a line like like how did you think of that and it's like well i wouldn't have thought of it if the fourth wall wasn't labeled i read about it in high school that's what we were supposed to be paying attention to oh yeah never mind we didn't read anything in high school i sure didn't 
I didn't. I fucked around all damn day. Me too. But that's okay. It didn't screw up my life or anything. <laughs> no, it hasn't been a hindrance or an obstacle in any way. <laughs> Can we take 30 seconds while I try to look for a Burton Ernie meme that killed me the other day? Yeah, yeah. We'll press pause. Did it have anything to do with Vietnam? No, it was about the final days. Bert and Ernie had worked together as morning drive time radio hosts for 20 years. They traded jokes, played pop music, and generally made people's lives a touch brighter as they trundled to work. Now, though there was silence on the air, Ernie silently reread the fax message from Civil Defense. As licensed broadcasters, they were legally obligated to alert the public, to tell them the nukes were flying and that in a few minutes all the world's troubles would be over. What was the point of that, though? To torture people with the knowledge of something they couldn't change? Their eyes met and a decision was reached. Bert put on their most requested song, a sugary Top 40 tune, while Ernie produced a bottle of bourbon from under the desk. As the producer banged on the lock studio door, the colleagues toasted the end of a long career. Bert, always the consummate professional, turned away from the window as the first explosion split the distant horizon. He straightened his tie, tucked his shirt in, and brushed his hair back. He would meet his fiery death with dignity. Bert turned to Ernie and said in a quiet, resigned voice, How do I look, Ernie? Ernie walked slowly over to his friend. He looked into Bert's face and saw the closeness they shared. The strength of their relationship forged over the years. Took a deep breath and spoke quietly. With your eyes, Bert. (laughs) Eating cookies in your bed, Bert. Oh, what a fucking couple. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) (laughs) That thing made me... I was giving myself goosebumps reading that, I have to say. I knew it was coming, and it wasn't any less funny for it. Have you read that one before? I just saw it. No, but I I know Bert and Ernie, so I knew it had to be that way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was helping a friend of mine do some Foley work and some voiceover stuff for an audio book that he's publishing. And his wife says, you guys are like Bert and Ernie. And he goes to me, goes, which one of us is Bert and which one is Ernie? And it's like, dude, I don't know how to answer that one. I think I guess I have to be Bert. Why? Ernie is the funny one. Bert's a straight man. Uh, I also I don't know. Bert, I think of Bert as the neurodivergent one. He's the Squidward. I actually would. I guess he is. I, I, he's very almost little that they almost have the same voice, don't they? They're very close. Is Squidward based on Bert? Same energy. The same way that uh, Stimpy is based on... What's his name? Oh, not Stimpy. Well, I guess Stimpy too. Aren't they the same? Stimpy and Yakko are both based on... What's his dick from Three Stooges? Yakko? Really? Or Wacko? Which one is the short one? I thought Dot was the short one. Sorry, Dot's the girl. I know that. I do I do want to say that the Animaniacs has maybe my favorite joke of all time, which is Hello nurse. <laughs> I mean, I have used that inappropriately at work, and so thank you. Me Animaniacs. too. Ho ho ho. Can't help it. To uh yeah, negative effects. But no, actually what my favorite joke is is I think it's sort of it's it's a sort of like who done it on a boat sort of thing, sort of like murder on the African Queen or whatever. And the Animaniacs are playing the detectives. 
and they some say something. They're looking around for clues, and they say I can't remember exactly what the in, like the setup is, but they say something about like we got to look around for clues, like fingerprints. And it cuts to Dot, and she's holding the artist formerly known as Prince, and she kind of goes, "Ugh, no thanks," and throws him out the window. Yeah, I love when they can slip stuff like that by. So savage. But who wouldn't finger Prince? I hear he's got a butt you can hold in one hand. Okay, I take it back. I wouldn't want to finger him either. <laughs> That's too small for me. That's too small. N- not even worth it. All right, where were we? Mo- I think we just broke the fifth wall. On. Yeah, we, we just broke, broke the, the fifth, fifth wall. wall. I mean, technically, we broke the fourth wall a second time to get back in, but I'm counting that as a fifth wall. Yeah, do we? Yeah. Do we see us repairing the fourth wall from the other side? Or does it just sort of reassemble on our way back? I don't know, but it was mighty handy. Where did it lead us to? Well, it definitely didn't lead us back into the Scooby-Doo hallway chase. That place is currently burning down. Uh, Maybe it sent us right back to our starting position, which would be in the studio. Maybe it does. And then from there, we can use the time machine? I was thinking that was when we could start trying to set up booby traps. Because it's it's the purge, man. We want to hold off those not-kid assassins. Oh, oh, do we hold up for the final showdown in our studio? Is that your plan? I don't know if it's going to be the final showdown because there's a, a good to strong chance that they mount a good enough offensive that we actually get pushed right back out of the studio into the outside. That makes sense. And also any good like you can't you can't have the final showdown in the main bunker. You have no, to you always have to get like pushed out to raise the stakes. Yeah, literally, we have to get we have to take the uh, zip line to the treehouse, and then we have to go from the treehouse to the neighbor's basement where it's getting flooded. But not literally then. <laughs> Although I'm not opposed to having a treehouse with a zip line. Actually, we're a couple would... of man. We're a couple of man children. That seems exactly up our alley. And that would also tie us back to Calvin and Hobbes. Yes, it would. And I bet you there's like a little com- command center in there that Craig used. Oh, like a did we computer? Pick oh, actually, that's a great idea. Made that I like that a lot. Like the secret lab. Craig's got to have one, even if he's an idiot. And so, is there a possibility that we've picked up a female co-adventurer somewhere along the way? And when we try to swing into the treehouse, we can get in, but she slams against the no girls allowed. Uh, what's it called? Force field. You know what? That's a perfect opportunity for straight women to fail to get in and get really mad about it. Oh, we run into her at the studio and say, you got to come with us. We got fucking everyone after us. And then she (laughs) slams into the force field and then makes a big noise about it. Do we break the fourth wall again? She asks to turn the whole thing into a PSA. (laughs) She's going to derail the entire thing. And we have to let her. Yeah, we. it cuts to a scene of her like lecturing us in a, like, a little classroom. We're sitting in just like slumped in chairs, listening to her like counsel us on uh, equitable uh, treatment of gender and whatever else. Yeah, and, and it'll it's going to have to cut back to us back in the treehouse, but like with the no girls allowed thing, either scratched out, drawn over, or just removed. We have to burn it. But what it, whatever happens, its removal apparently is sufficient to lower the force field. Which is funny because we were going to leave anyways, but she just needed to get her point across. Yeah, we weren't staying in the treehouse. Her getting inside was never actually a major component of our escape. We were just we just of... wanted to get in there and grab something, probably. <laughs> yeah. 
Because maybe maybe Tucker needed his favorite sneakers and they were in the tree. Maybe that's where we were keeping the YouTube awards. Or the bunny suit with the pockets. Oh, good idea. Yes, that is where we were keeping the bunny suit because we haven't used it yet. And this is a good time to need to pull it out and get a plot contrivance going. Yeah, if and in, and in fact, there's probably not going to be a better moment for us to pull a plot contrivance out of nowhere than when the fishermen show up and we happen to still be in this dumbass treehouse. Oh, I was going to say, so are we in the midst of like giving straight woman trash about like we could have been gone by now? Like, look at how much time you wasted. And that's when the fishermen catch up with us. I am right on board with giving her a hard time, even though she's definitely right. Just because this is a life or death situation and that the PSA could have waited till after everybody was safe. Oh, you and I are doing good cop, bad cop, where one of us kind of like gives her guff, like is like assertive, but the other one is like, but we totally understand where you were coming from. Yes. And that's why we need to do this. But you were totally right. Yes, she's right. But maybe, you know, Louis C.K. style, but maybe (laughs) that should have waited till after we were out of danger. Have you ever heard? But of course, but maybe. Of course. I have. But maybe now isn't the time to be talking about it. No, we are going to talk about it. Wait a second. Now we're just talking in circles and then bang, somebody's flashbang goes off. And that's when we Because the, the fishermen are going to take us alive. Of course. Coming in all smooth and sexy. Speaking of smooth. Uh, this episode is titled Speaking of Smooth. All right. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Speaking of smooth. And then... Uh, of course, I don't use smooth peanut butter. Hold on, I had a thought. Wait a second. Wait a second. Oh, because okay. So the 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 fishermen show up. Do we have a showdown with them, or do we say, "Thank Christ, we have our plot contrivance and quickly need one now"? Yeah, we we stand no chance against these guys. They are they are smooth operators, and at least one of them is armed with like sharpened celery. Man, we can't fuck with them at all. That was the least dangerous. That was the least dangerous dangerous thing i could possibly think of a sharpened celery do they not have bait and tackle they don't actually fish i don't even remember where they got that name from i think they're like they're practically sexual predators aren't they but like government trained level sexual predators i think the name came from we were trying to make them sound i was trying to make them sound a little bit like apostles because they were all followers of columbo and uh, the, the fisherman is literally a reference to one of, I think it's Matthew or Simon. One of the apostles was a fisherman and Jesus referred to him as a fisher of men. And that's kind of what our guy was doing. He was going out and being a fisher of women. So we called them the fishermen. Right. I remember now. But they're, they're definitely smooth operators and they've got chloroform and filthy rags and stuff. So we need a plot. We need a plot contrivance. Oh, I like that. Okay. They've all got chloroform and rags. Yes. Yeah. Is our plot contrivance somewhat Tintin themed? Because all of my uh, chloroform references come from the adventures of Tintin. Lay on me your best idea for our plot contrivance. We pull out the captain and he distracts the fishermen with a rousing. I, I guess they're not they're not <laughs> they're not naval, are they? I was going to say they sing a sea shanty and that's when we escape. Hey, even if they're not naval in in, you know, if they're not naval in nature, it, he it, it's quite possible that this sea shanty is so fucking good that it captivates them all the same. Maybe it's like a siren song, man. It's just magic stuff. Or do we pull out a woman 
and all of the fishermen immediately start surrounding her and hitting on her, and that's how they get distracted. And that's more in line with their character. Well, I was thinking that uh, the captain's sea shanty would only distract them for a few moments before, in our periphery, we see the captain being taken down with a filthy chloroform soaked rag over his mouth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which I definitely don't want to have happen to a woman. No, I, I don't want that to happen. Now, it might be sexist to uh, in, apply a, a different fate oh, to wait. a man than to a woman. And yeah, I'm okay with that. Do you start to pull out a woman from the bunny and we and straight woman give us a quick uh, disapproving shake yeah, of the head? She, and, and once again, she's right. You definitely cannot give a predator their preferred prey. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. And yeah, and then and then he starts singing his sea shanty, which captivates the fisherman briefly, just long enough for us to leg it out. I don't know, like a gap in the fence or something. Like we have to start moving, and then just one of us peeks back and sees the captain getting taken out with a chloroform soaked rag over his mouth. He's just like, suddenly his sea shanty is muffled, and down he goes. We pour one out. Yeah. I mean, they're probably not going to do anything to him, but he's he's defeated in the line of duty. You you pull out a bottle, I pull out a violin. <laughs> we're just pulling all the just this junk out of the soup. Yeah, yeah, I think it, as we're why running. not? Why not? This is an unlimited prop device. As straight one makes remark. Do you have anything in there that can actually get us out of here? Ooh, and it gives us one of those little pump the pump the lever railway track cart things. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is a little a dumbass little trolley. And guess what? We're gonna come across the trolley problem where one person is across one set of tracks and five people are across another set of tracks, and that we have to we're once again delayed. <laughs> I like this. I saw a meme the other day of this is how I would solve this, and she just drew a loop so that it kills the one person, and then loops around and kills the other five. <laughs> yeah. I saw that too, and I thought that was great. That is the correct answer. <laughs> yeah, that is the way. Spare no one. <laughs> Spare no one. <laughs> do we do that here? No. Is everybody tied down? <laughs> okay. No. See, the thing is, our trolley problem is entirely different because, see, we we stop, and then we discuss the ethical ramifications of running over one person or five because we have to switch the tracks over to the five, which makes it a conscious action to run over the one. Whereas if we run over uh, the other group without making any conscious decision to do so, we technically absolve ourselves of a good amount of personal responsibility. And while I'm talking about this, the fishermen catch up. Are they on a cart also? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it has to be like a weird, creepy one. And... The motion to get it to go has to be uncomfortable. You you remember you remember that vehicle Mr. Garrison invented that stupid the bike. With the build up. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be something that makes everybody uncomfortable like that. Is it okay? Is it misogynist? I don't know if I'm comfortable with that, which might be exactly what we need. Like, you have to, like, pose like a strongman pose with your arms up and thrust your hips forward into something. Oh, yeah. You definitely have to gyrate your hips to get this thing to go forward. And, in fact, that is what generates the momentum is that they all get on there together and just start thrusting oh, their hips forward to get it to it move. Is. I'm imagining a device 
where, oh, you know, when you were a kid and you would stand on the swing and you would have to pump your hips forward to get it swing because you were standing on it. Yeah, they're on a device like that. It's powered by hip thrust forward movement and they all, all together as a group of like six or seven or whatever are all in unison like a viking ship thrusting their yes yeah, exactly the they and they are catch they are gaining on us so so and it- so to break the stalemate to, to break the stalemate tucker is talking about ethics because fuck tucker tucker sucks and uh todd just switches the lever pulls the one person off the tracks because technically the tram is stopped so it's not actually a problem and then we immediately proceed i was gonna say is their trolley before we get away from it uh fury road inspired uh inspired in what particular way is there is there a guy strapped yeah it's a big monstrosity made out of like three or four different vehicles and there is a guy with a guitar strapped to it and then there's somebody with his head in a cage as the hood ornament. yeah maybe there's a hood ornament or whatever they the blood bags actually no he he doesn't have a head in a cage he's got he's in a gimp mask but i don't want to i'm trying to think maybe it's actually classy so it's a bunch of volvos because i'm trying to stick a little bit with these guys so it's a monstrosity but it's made out of three different like mercedes or something like that yeah, these guys are smooth operators, but in the like the greasy, slimy way. Yeah, and then the guitarist is like, uh, it's not like a crazy metal guitarist. He's, he's playing a ma- he's playing a mandolin. Is it a mandolin or is it like a smooth '80s uh, like electric guitar ballad, like a, a a soft rock ballad? Which one comes off as more sexual predatory? Is a question I never thought I'd have to ask. Yeah, ever. I don't know. Because are you thinking of like a hipster with a mandolin? No, I'm thinking old timey. Uh, like uh, sexually aggressive European guy. I'm because I'm thinking these guys are into like Top Gun '80s butt rock. The fuck is butt rock? Butt rock is rock music played by guys wearing tight jeans that make their butts look tight. Tight, tight, tight. Like hi, what's his name? Kenny Loggins and shit like that. Yeah, <laughs> in the danger zone. <laughs> yeah, it's Kenny Loggins. Actually, it's Kenny Loggins strapped to the front of this car. And he does. He, is he gonna say, "Welcome to the danger zone"? He's he's an old man and 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 they are whipping him or whatever and he's trying to squeak out the notes to he can't actually hit the notes to highway to the danger zone anymore. Oh man! Also, I definitely think that the fisherman should subvert our previous, you know, cutting of the knot where we tossed one of the people off of the tracks so that we could just traverse without killing anyone. They kill the five people. I was gonna, <laughs> that's interesting. I was going to say they throw someone in front of their own car just so that they can run over someone. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that the thing we switch kind of like shifts back, and then the uh, the guys, the fishermen, just don't stop at all. They don't even slow down. They just run over the five people. Because I I think I think that's the perfect joke follow up to halting everything for the sake of an ethical discussion to talk about the trolley problem, only to immediately just pull the person off the track so it's no longer a problem. And then they run them over. Is it? Oh, is it a silly thing? Then was there? Do we discover there was never actually any risk? All of the people were like fake cartoon people, and they explode into cotton candy or something like that. No, it's just definitely people, and the scene in which they get just like turned into red mist has to be like really fast. So it's it has to be almost the the show itself is dismissive of the severity of what just happened. Okay. I wasn't sure. I was actually a little cartoon, big... cartoon violence stuff where it's just like, oh, maybe that's where we have our little eight bit explosion. 
does that mean that their vehicle was damaged at all, or does it just plow right through the other side? Like, do we see the explosion, the terrible 8-bit explosion, and have, like, a moment of hope where we think that uh, they've actually been stopped, only for them to plow right on through out of the smoke? No, no damage at all? That could be a self-reference sort of thing where the, there's the little 8-bit explosion and we look back like excitedly and expectantly and then we, we see them still coming after us and we're like, man, if we could have afforded a higher resolution explosion, maybe we had some like like a reference to a, be- a better explosion could have killed them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, if only we had 16-bit. Yeah. Even though the, the, even though the explosion graphic will actually probably almost certainly be 16-bit, so we're going to have to choke up for 32 or 64. Also, I think at this point, we should have a Dark Souls reference where a boss hit point bar shows up. Oh, is it on the fishermen? Are they the boss? It, it just actually like shows up like at the top of the screen, whatever the frame is. Oh, I understand. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like frame independent. It's just always right there. Right, right, right. But it, it shows up and we're like, we have to be consciously aware of it. We look up at it and we're like, oh shit, look at the size of this guy's health bar or something like that. But n- nothing will come of it because uh, oh. the fishermen are the fishermen are going to be taken off the tracks by the not kid assassins almost certainly. The reference to the the ineffective explosion can introduce us. We go, oh, what an ineffective! Yeah, that didn't even dent his health bar. And the other character is like health bar, and he's like, yeah, didn't you notice? And we look up, and that's when we see the health bar. Perfect. I couldn't have thought of a better way to introduce that. And so now the health bar, the health bar first appears as this weird floating entity in the space, maybe depending on how we're representing it. And then it becomes frame dependent. Yeah. Once it's once it's noticed and everybody knows it's there, then it's just suddenly stuck to the frame. Yeah. And I think that one of the other competing groups should fucking torpedo their vehicle right off the tracks and that health bar is going to just disappear. Oh, okay. We, you know, it's like the wharf effect where uh, an enemy is established to be really, really powerful because they beat up wharf. Who's wharf? That's from Star Trek, man. Oh, I don't know enough about Star Trek. Well, the idea behind it is that wharf is a Klingon, which is supposed to mean that he's a tough warrior type dude, which means that if something can beat wharf up, that something is needs to be taken very seriously. Oh, okay. That's called the wharf effect, where you establish how uh, powerful something is by having it beat up the resident local tough guy. So to dem- to establish how incredibly dangerous whatever group torpedoes these guys, they die instantly. So like we thought they were really bad, and so how bad must whatever killed them be? Is is this? Is this our ultimate showdown? Is this our actual final boss then? I don't know. I don't think enough of these groups have torpedoed each other in their desperate attempts to get to us. Yeah, I guess we haven't even really established all the groups that are actually coming after us. Should we make... I mean, I don't think the Sendables have even shown up No, yet. that's right. Maybe we need to write down a list that we can actually introduce them. And of course, I think maybe it should be the Sendables who get them. I think that makes probably the most sense. Yeah, I because I think I think the not kid assassins are actually the single most dangerous out of all of the possible groups, and that includes YouTube's personal hit squad. So uh, having them show up and torpedo somebody else too quickly is a detriment because then they're then they overstay their welcome. They're probably the trump card that gets revealed last. So the sendables should uh, take these guys right off the rails. 
how are they going to do it? The Sendables take the fishermen out. How do they do it? I mean... Like, do they have it, a bazooka that just shoots like a, a package? It does need to be male-related. Do they have drones that are dropping packages? I think a drone might actually be a little bit too far removed. Well, because doesn't Amazon have drones that they were delivering packages with, or did that not happen? I thought that did happen. Oh, do you mean too far removed as in it would, they are too, they are not directly the ones doing it? Yeah, I, I was thinking more of, uh, uh, like a mailman with like a t-shirt cannon that's been repurposed to shoot newspapers or something. Should it be something that they're like launching from some sort of projectile weapon or have they like set up a trap to, to either that is triggered or traps them. Although I definitely think a drone should come into this somewhere. I think one of the sendables can have a remote control and be sending in a drone. But I think that drone should probably actually abduct one of us. Oh, Tucker and Todd get separated? And I'm I'm sorry to put myself on the chopping block, but I am the smallest. That's true. The most carryable. The most sendable. <laughs> yeah, the most sendable. Maybe one of the sendables does make a comment about maybe they're at like a critical moment where they have to choose. They're just about to blow up and they're like, we have to take one of them. Pick a target. Go, go for the short one. He's the most sendable. <laughs> I've got I've got the lowest shipping cost. Oh, and do they make a reference how like the boss says they want them alive? We can only pick one. Grab the short one. He's the most sendable. Yeah. So uh, and, and that's fine, because in any one of these separating a group is always going to raise the stakes. But another task force of the Sendables definitely has to deal with the fishermen, and I'm still racking my brain as to how they get them off the rails. Do they have, like, paper shuriken? I don't know how to say that word. Shuriken? Weaponized shurikens in the form of, like, just, like, sharp letters? Yeah, out of envelopes. How is that going to get this vehicle off? If a if a if a sixteen bit explosion can't do it, how are some letters going to do it? Oh right, okay. I was I forgot that they were on this vehicle. Okay, they're still on a train track. They're chasing us on a train track. I'm trying to visualize it. And they can't use a trap because otherwise it hits us first instead of the fishermen because we're on the same road. Oh, do they show up in these mail trucks and they sh- they they have. They show. They pull up on. They surround the uh, the car. They sandwich it on both sides. I think I've got. I think I've got it. It's a helicopter in the shape of a mail truck. It's just. It's mail truck with a helicopter propeller on top of it. Okay. And they slide open the side door, and one of them's got like a bazooka with like whatever the post symbol on it is. A mini gun that shoots stamps. <laughs> and they. Yeah, I guess they coat the windshield or something. And they, and they successfully gum up the works, and whatever they're doing, it eventually causes this this conglomerate vehicle to come off the rat off the tracks. Or are they taking the? I wasn't. Are they? Because I was thinking maybe they just obliterate them from there. They just blast the the gun, th- and they just machine gun everybody in the vehicle to death. And that's where the mist comes from. But they take the the vehicle. They're they're oh. Well, they can either minigun them with uh, stamps. Or they can actually fire a bomb that somebody sent in the mail. Because do you want to see the the health bar like rapidly go like go chunk down or just get obliterated? It's full now. It's empty. 
Well, if it empties, it should probably deplete from right to left in a very smooth and quick motion, and then disappear. Because that's what would happen as they got minigunned. The, the thing would scroll down with in, in time with the, 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 the gun sound effects, or they could lodge some sort of large uh, incendiary device. Even if they do enough damage to destroy everything all in one shot, it's still gonna... The health bar still is going to deplete like in a left, in a right to left, in a really smooth kind of emptying motion. What, are there any words associated with mail that start with a G so that we could have an RPG? Oh, oh, okay. I got to think about this, but I definitely, yes, they definitely need to like fire some kind of mail bomb into the side of their vehicle and just like blow it right off of the screen. And it also has to be including a higher resolution explosion than the one we used, which is why it works. Oh, I like that idea. Uh, one second, let me do a little bit of researching. Otherwise, the yeah, P we, we still need a G. The P in RPG could be post, and it could be a something post gun. Can't be return. We could be, you know, like Galaxy Brain and call it retributive. The retribution post gun. I also kind of like that it's never explained how we managed to steal this thing in the first place. Like we just collect, we just picked it up. We just went in and took it. And now all the adventure is just keeping anybody else from taking it from us. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Do we, do we ever discuss how we acquired it? That might be one of those things that we have to leave as a mystery for another day, but we definitely disappeared during our like 100th episode celebration or whatever to go and steal this thing. It's known that we took it, but, but it's currently unknown how. I mean, do perhaps, I mean, maybe we were using Craig. We were going inside Craig. Are you? Oh, did we find it on Craig's list? Oh, maybe that is. We got them on Craig's list. <laughs> oh, we told Craig to keep an eye out for YouTube awards on Craig's list. And then if he noticed them, set them aside for us. So he just set them aside for us. And that's how we acquired them. But this one was a special one because this one. This one is like the only one that doesn't have a name on it. That's currently anywhere outside of whatever dungeon YouTube keeps these things in. A couple of chuckleheads weren't supposed to actually find this one. It was some backroom deal, some black market stuff that we just stumbled upon. But we got it before whoever was going to go get it got it. Or, hmm, was it a case of like Craig overheard us saying that we wish that we had some YouTube awards? So he went inside the internet and did some backroom internet deals to get them for us? I definitely think he should have helped us, but I do think that it would be more satisfying if we had a more active hand in its collection. Okay. Especially since we were sneaking out during our own celebration. He set us up with the guy. He has connections. He knew the guy to send us to to do the backroom deal with. That sounds more accurate. And then it can be one of those, it's like the Mrs. Doubtfire thing where you and I each have to sub in and out of the same deal. We keep having to come up with more comprehensive excuses as the other, as, as our counterpart walks back in because we still have to host the celebration. So, But that's why we're so never seen in the room at the same time. Is this the sort of thing, so we don't know any of this until later in the story. In the beginning of the movie, we actually have the scene, the movie starts with us at our party. And you see, we do you see us constantly in and out? Or was that all very brief? And then somebody points out later, you never did see them in the room. And then it shows the scene of us, Mrs. Doubtfiring back and forth as we go back to the room to finish the deal with the guy. The latter. 
I definitely think that it shouldn't show up until it gets called back. Okay, I like that. Yep. That because you don't have to show everything right away. You can always just like cut back into to take a closer look at a previous scene. Well, I wasn't sure if it was that tr- the trope of what we kind of just described, or if it's the thing where we're seeing the behind the scenes or the other side of a story that we saw only one side of in detail earlier. Well, it's it is kind of that, but yeah. The when somebody points out that I'm not sure what exactly it is that cues this person to point that out, but after they point it out, that's what that's the scene that can play. Okay. Is the gun called the registered postal gun or the registered parcel gun? I, I like that, especially the parcel part. Registered retribution. Uh really big. I don't know any other good R word. The ruinous. Ruinous is pretty good. But whatever whatever it's called, this RPG shoots a mail bomb and it takes that thing right off the tracks. And suddenly there is a mail truck with a propeller on it following us. And it quickly deploys a drone. And the drone comes and abducts me. And there's probably a scene where you're holding on to like my, my feet as the drone like grabs me by the wrists and... I'm being pulled in two directions. And is there some sort of bizarre anatomical feature of you that causes us to like release you? Or is it just I'm not strong enough? <laughs> or do I just actually start stretching for a minute until you lift off and then one of us hits a sign? Or do we make a reference to the fact that we're paper cutouts and you literally get ripped in half? And then it just cuts to the next scene where it's another you with legs. <laughs> and you make uh, a comment about like, thank God we made backups. Or yeah. uh, that's a funny way to skip like right out of that bad situation. We can have everybody screaming like the same as the screams from the, the, the ghost hunter. Everybody's yelling and then it just cuts to the next scene where you're sitting like, whew, thank God we have backups. <laughs> yeah. But we're in a dungeon now. Oh. But I am in a what now? A dungeon. Oh, I'm in a dungeon? That's too bad. I was thinking that, because uh, right after the terror and then the screams just, ah, ah, like, then there could be, like, a, a scene where, like, I'm coming out of a printer. Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah. Actually, we can do a little, yeah, the whole process. You coming out of the printer, me cutting out of the paper, sticking it to the back of my foam strips, cutting that out, placing it on the little popsicle stick. And then I've been resurrected. Yeah, just a quick little like time lapse montage of that. And then I guess I like dust myself off. Huh, I guess I'm all right. And are you then now in the helicopter of the. Oh no, you were picked up by a drone. Were you picked up by a drone and the drone takes you to a helicopter? Are you immediately in the next place or are we still uh, just kind of trying to. Yeah, the drone that? scoops me up and takes me to the helicopter. And then the helicopter gets out of there and then disappears into the horizon. So that, that's like the end of the scene. And then I guess it can hover a moment over you and straight woman and you're both just kind of like well you're still holding my my ripped lower half <laughs> <laughs> just staring in shock yeah oh, why why and just my legs and torn my... by natalie and brulia is playing in the background yeah and i'm just there's no gore or anything i'm just a torn piece of paper the whole montage, slow montage of me in the shower holding your torn half is all by myself plays. <laughs> yep. 
and then I guess you're going to get either a uh, like a ransom video or something because you still have the uh, the YouTube award. Yeah, the ransom video comes up on Craig's face. Yes, absolutely. And oh, I think I had one more gag. What was it? You're in the helicopter. Oh, uh, as the as the as the drone returns to the helicopter, it goes into a little it returns to a little mailbox hatch. And as it goes inside, the little thing goes up or as it goes into the back <laughs> of the truck, the little red thing just goes up on the truck. I'm actually wondering if the drone shouldn't toss me in a thing in like a mail cubicle in a chute and have the thing go up. Now, is the helicopter a mailbox or a mail truck? It's a mail truck, like complete with tires. Okay, and then there's a little mailbox hanging from under it, and that's what the the drone tosses you into, or is it on top of it? Uh, it's either on top or to one side. Oh, to one side makes sense. It still it still needs to be a functional truck, so it still needs to be able to drive around on the ground. Right, right, right. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the propeller comes like right out of the out of the roof. It retracts, but it like comes out. Because this is just some go go gadget bullshit. I was literally going to say it's it a comes out and then truck. folds out and then it starts spinning and the truck takes off. That's that's something the sendables would have. Yeah, definitely. I like that a lot. Okay, the sendables now have you, and I have a hand. Uh, I was going to say a handsome note, a ransom note from them. You've got a handsome pair of legs. <laughs> it's just a loft. <laughs> Interesting. I put the legs down. And, oh, I was going to say the dog starts licking the bloody stumps, but we don't have a dog. And there's no blood. It's just. All right. It's just cardboard and whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm just plain. And I guess as soon as you see me still alive in the ransom video, you can just throw the legs in the trash or something. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, he's fine. Toss. Yeah, don't need these anymore. Okay, so now. Are we going to try to get you immediately, or do I have to deal with another group who's still after me? Interesting. This would be a good opportunity to send a, uh, one of the less dangerous groups after you, so that you and, and Straight Woman, if she's still with you, or just you, or, well, I guess you can have Stan and Craig, too. I mean, you've got so many friends you can have come with you on this little adventure. Right. But right. whatever you're doing, yeah, you have to... You have to come to the Sendables compound to get me. So either somebody is going to basically chase you there, or they're going to cut you off, and maybe you have to try to cut a deal with them. Hmm. There's the, either the cut a deal thing, or they conveniently find me as I'm showing up to the Sendables compound, and then the Sendables get caught into a battle with these people because each group that comes after us is more powerful than the next, or are we doing a less powerful group that I deal with on my own? Well, I was thinking that a less powerful group would be the perfect kind to send after you by yourself or with just Stan or with just Craig, because since the two boys are on the same wavelength, obviously the universe kind of just like bends over backwards to help them sometimes. Oh, interesting. I, okay. So a lesser group comes after us and I strike a deal with them to help us come save you. Yeah. Something like that. And naturally they're going to betray us later and we know they are. So we didn't mean it, but they need to get into that compound for some reason, or they, they want us anyway. That's interesting. They have a moment where they're like, ha, well, we were just going to betray you. And then I'm already running away, shrugging like, that's kind of funny because I was going to betray you. And they're already like melting or they're in whatever trap I set. Yeah, <laughs> whatever, whatever it is, 
you're by the time you're running away and you're like that's funny i was gonna betray you and then, whatever they're definitely in the middle of whatever situation it is that they now can't get out of right and then they that's when they got to do the shake the fish shake if it weren't for you damn kids so which group is that then what is less than the sendables because the we definitely need we need to have the YouTube we need YouTube to be one group the YouTube SWAT team or whatever. Is yeah, it the YouTube, YouTube algorithm. YouTube's, YouTube's hit squad is, are probably going to be some fairly heavy hitters because it's YouTube. So there's YouTube, and then there is also the kids or the non kids who are the most powerful. The non kid assassins are yeah they are the most dangerous by far because everybody's afraid to shoot at them first. Oh, the tire guys. Because remember, there's a tire company called PMC. Oh right. Do we do we really want to do them though? I'm trying to figure out because I thought I thought as I was writing that out that it was kind of funny because in Born Identity the group is called Treadstone, and in real life they're called is it Blackwater what it's actually called or is it Blackstone or is Blackstone? not anymore not anymore. I'm pretty sure it was Blackwater, but they have long since changed their name. Blackwater. Oh, they're now called Academy. Blackstone is an investment group. Okay. That's always confusing Treadstone with Blackwater with Blackstone. And then because when I looked PMC, because I wasn't actually sure what it was when you wrote up PMC the first time, the first thing that came up was a tire company. And I thought that was hilarious because it's so similar to Firestone. Ah, that's what it was. They went to XE Services in 2009. And then they went to Academy in 2011. Okay. Wow, what a long time ago. I feel like I've just always known the name Blackwater. <laughs> That's because of the huge scandal. I guess that must have... But they changed their name because of the scandal, but that must have been so long ago. Yes. 2010, or even before. I think that was Iraq War era. I guess that makes sense. Oh, yeah, I guess that's when... Man, I just... Time just goes by. Sure does. Meanwhile, I'm in a dungeon. <laughs> okay, you're in the dungeon now. The male dungeon. Yeah, since I'm technically a piece of paper, can I wind up going into like a, a mail chute and getting stuck in like a an envelope slot? That's interesting. So you go through a mail chute and then you get slid into like a like a mail slot. Yeah, I mean, if in a mail dungeon, that's what the cells would be, man. Yeah, like pigeonholes, but yeah, and you're being guarded by mail cop. The same mail cop? Oh. Maybe I'm being guarded by both male cop and female cop, and they are aggressively bantering. Okay, I like that. And then do we have... Because they've got, they've got that like angry divorce energy going on. So do you counsel them? No. Uh, I imagine listening to them makes me want to like start shoving other people's males into my ears so I can't hear them anymore. Oh yeah, you're like shoving your finger in your throat and gagging and whatnot. I like that. You grab an envelope and you wrap it around your head like a pillow, like people trying to block out the sound. Exactly. They're because because I'm like, excuse me, can you t can you stop? Can you take that somewhere else? Can you talk about anything else? And eventually, I'm banging my head on the bars, or complaining that I I'm sick, or this that. Like no matter what, they don't hear me. All they hear is each other and their their mutual disdain for each other and i guess i'm gonna i'm gonna look to my left and there's a noose made out of some kind of male related material and i look to my right and there's a pillow made out of some kind of male related material and i choose the pillow instead of you know killing myself in prison. Yeah, I, guess, I guess there would be there would be 
twine for packaging up brown parcels, and then there would be uh, 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 fuck bubble wrap instead of a pillow. Yes, a bubble wrap pillow. In fact, maybe it, at first when I'm looking between this noose and this bubble wrap, it might kind of imply that I'm actually just looking at two different ways to kill myself so I don't have to listen to them anymore. And I subvert, you know, suffocating myself with bubble wrap by actually just using it as a pillow to drown out. The yeah, sun. I like that. And then is it revealed that they that was actually a tactic that they were using? Do we spend a lot of time here or is this scene interrupted by us? We're here to rescue, you know. This scene absolutely needs to be interrupted by you rescuing me, because if it does go on much longer, I am going to kill myself. <laughs> I was going to say it was revealed that they were actually there, too. They were using them as a torture device to try to get information out of you. Well, see, here's the thing is even if that was the even if that was the plan, they're doing it inadvertently because their argument is genuine because they actually hate each other. They oh, of course. there's probably like a table full of torture tools nearby, but they're actually they forgot all about it and they just got wrapped up in their own. Shit. Are they t- the, you never think about the male kids. <laughs> you're just so goddamn oh. selfish. You're always at work. You never think about the male children. What do you mean? I'm always at work. You're here, too. We work the same We're shift. Both at fucking work, Sharon. Don't you use my real name. They all have they all have like code name okay and then so i'm there okay so who is this crew that i teamed up with was this the tire guys do we have a better group uh interesting because there is the option there is the option for just like a pmc and then you did say that you wanted tire guys because isn't pmc a tire company it is that's the reason let me just quickly go through our episodes to see if there's a group i'd rather have teaming up with me Oh, maybe that's when I go get the other Tuckers. Oh, God, I'm not going to be happy to see them, which which is perfect. Well, yeah. Because oh, we, fuck, not these guys. We were we were I was going to double cross them anyway. So I get the other Tuckers to come help. I need the help of the other Tuckers. They're not as strong as a single actual Tucker. No. And when they show up, you're going to have to stop me from actually killing myself. Because, oh, fuck, not these guys. Give me the noose. Give me the noose. And that's when I'm like, no, we're double crossing them. You can't kill yourself. What would Mother Tucker say? No, I think you should just be like, you've died enough times today. Oh, I like that idea. Because technically I died like an hour ago. Oh, hey, we got listeners in a new country. We have listeners in Germany this week. Awesome. Oh, I wonder if I have like a number of lives. How many video game references do we want? And how how long before this just becomes Jumanji? Oh, there. Hmm. I feel like Alan is a person we should meet at some point. Maybe not in this movie. So we're getting busted out. How are why? How and why are you going to betray the other Tuckers? Aren't you in a band with them? Yeah, that's probably not a good idea. I think you need a group. Oh, is it the your people? I think you need a group. Yes. Somebody that you can betray. By using the other Tuckers. Like you called in. You just needed these guys. To like stop. You just needed them to stop. You needed a, a delay. You were just. It was just a diversion. Allying with them. Was just to get them to back off long enough. For you to call in the cavalry. Which is the other Tuckers. Oh okay. I'm yeah. I'm I'm, I'm letting. The ideas are now kind of filtering into one. I just had to put enough on the bulletin board. So I think it is the PMC because I like milking the jokes from that. And I am using them as a distraction to draw the attention of the sendables just long enough so that the 
other tuckers can break out tucker and then we sacrifice the pmc and that's when i make a reference about like the the clumsy joke about it well i don't know i was trying to make a clumsy joke about firestone or blackstone or blackwater or something and then that's when they get left behind and we're like cool see you later other tuckers and they just just they just uh phase out of they apparate so so they kind of just like flicker out of existence whenever they're not needed for a scene yeah they're practically they're practically a metaphysical problem. or do they all like melt into each other and then zap out of existence or maybe they all melt into you no i like the idea that they all melt into like each other like they all just kind of oh since they're all duplicate yeah because why not we're we don't respect the fabric of reality congeal they congeal yes <clears throat> and you still need your opportunity for that zinger with the PMC. What do you mean? Uh, aha, now we're going to betray you. And you're like, yeah, see, idiots, we've already betrayed you. And then the Sendables are there. And yeah. they're, they're fighting against their real fight. And then do we have a boss bar for them? No, the dis- the nah. How do we get rid of the Descendables? Or the, the Descendables? Do, do they give up after that? The Descendables and the PMC are basically still fighting each other when we leave and it's left unknown as to who won or if anybody won or if they're not still fighting now we just abandoned them and then they're they're done for the movie yeah at least for now but they're they're too busy dealing with each other and the pmc isn't smart enough to do a fighting retreat so they're just digging in their heels and the fight just is ongoing we can have some sort of post credit or as the credit before that, whatever, you know, as the credits roll, we can do, we can catch up with what you do. A where are they now? Where are they now? Yeah. Documentary style. Uh, enough of the sendables die that they had to hire the PMC as new staff. <laughs> I kind of actually like that. Well, they obviously they like hiring soldiers. Okay. So we've escaped from the compound. Uh, we have to get back to the studio. I assume. Where where do we have the award, or is it like has it been on your person this whole time? Because the fishermen chased after us; they chased us right out of our place instead of instead of stopping once we were gone to go and search it. But is the YouTube award at the treehouse, or is it in the studio, or did we leave it in the outside? I'm not sure. Did we? Because we went to the studio and then the treehouse because. They were at the treehouse, right? So far, that's what we've said. Maybe, maybe we've had it with us the whole time. Maybe we're still no, because they want they rant. They were going to ransom you. Yes, they were going to ransom me, which means you were expected to bring the award to the compound, but I assume you didn't because you. It's not like you initiated negotiations with the Sendables. You you made friends with the PMC who was there somehow. I assume because they showed up to get you. And I assumed that you were just like, I'll hand it right the fuck over to you if you help me get my friend out of this joint. No, no fuss. So maybe I stashed it somewhere or maybe I gave it to Craig and said and sent him off with it. Yeah, that's probably the best choice is to just put stick it in Craig and send him off with it. Oh, I give it to Craig and Stan and they are R2 and C3PO. They really have been all this time, haven't they? They really have been. But now they get to live out of those roles. <laughs> The funny part is that Stan is very clearly C-3PO because he's the mouthy little one. But, I mean, on the other hand, 
Craig isn't much of a C-3PO because it's not like he can walk all indignantly. He has no legs. So maybe I put actually for this, I turned Craig into. Oh, interesting. I turned. Craig has compartments. Yeah. But I was going to say maybe he's I turned him into something smaller that would be less conspicuous to put the like compartments inside. Oh, can you just like digitize the award and then I put it the right in Craig's in, thumb drive? I turned the award into an NFT. <laughs> and then put it in Craig's thumb drive. Yeah. And so he's just been in my pocket the entire time. No, he's with Stan. Stan has him he's as a in, He's in Stan. He's he's in Stan's belly he's pouch. No. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot about that. And now it's come back and it's hit me upside the head like it's a brick. <laughs> uh, no, it's go. Stan has a belly pouch. See that that symbol? That symbol is he's got a kangaroo belly pouch. Okay, I can accept that because I think it should be a pouch. But also, I think instead of a butt plug, I think his tail is a USB drive that plugs in. <laughs> so, so is it no is it a usb port or a usb plug the tail is a plug and there's a port where the tail goes oh so the tail is actually just the cap for the port yeah he takes it off and then we plug in craig <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's a butt plug anyway well i'm not sure is it or i was thinking just like the tail is the drive well, in this case, the tail is a tail plug. Okay, it's a tail plug. We pull out the tail and then we pop, we pop in the little drive. That's, I mean, that's a direct reference to like a tail plug. We, we pop it out. Yeah. In fact, he should even wince slightly. Or moan and cross his eyes. He does the little Akiyaga thing. That's too much. That's too much. <laughs> okay, fine. Although he can, he can't, maybe he goes like, uh. he just tears up a little. He bites his so lip and tears. It's just as so long as he doesn't go cross-eyed. I'm okay with him okay. being like, oh. no cross-eyed, making like a little, oh. a little whine or a little whimper or something. Oh no, it's a, it's a squeak toy sound effect. <laughs> squeak. <laughs> yeah, okay, like a dog chew, like a dog chew toy getting bitten. Yeah, he does a little grunt as you hear the squeak toy sound effect. Does he do a grunt at the same time, or oh. is that the sound of his grunt? Does he squeak when he grunts? Oh. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> so later somebody can like punch him in the head or, or in the gut or something. And instead of grunting, he just squeaks. Well, I think we kind of had that when we first came up with him. There was a scene where somebody poked him in the stomach and he squeaked. Well, then that means we're just maintaining continuity with stuff we didn't know existed. Precisely. Pulling it out of the ether. Okay, so uh, Craig is safely in the belly pouch. With the with the NFT file for the award, later to be digitized back into reality, undigitized, three D printed or something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So where did we send Stan? And now that we're kind of, now that we're escaping the compound, we need to regroup. So where did we send him, and how long do we have to wait for him to get back? Hmm. Are we sending him somewhere? Is it like, uh, what's the James Bond movie? The most, not the most recent, but like. The name of the house. Prepare for two idiots confusing the name Skyfall with a location from one of their precious video games. Was that Skywall? Skywall, yeah. We send him to Skywall, or our version of it. Okay, then we're not calling him back to us. We're going to him. That's our last yeah, stand place. Him. Yeah. 
Ooh, this is great. And yeah, so we have to go meet up with Stan at our at this manor house, whatever that Stan has already been booby trapping. And uh, oh yes, and we're uh, one of us has to run into one of the booby traps because we're like, where the hell is this place? And then <laughs> booby trap, and we're like, I think we found it. Is it a place we don't know, or are we like, I sent him to mom's house? Dun dun dun. Yeah, I guess. I mean, technically, that's what it was for Bond too, wasn't it? Yeah, and I, I'm. Do we like the idea that Tucker and Todd were are not related, but they were adopted by the same woman? Yeah, I'm fine with that. They have the same mom, and that's that's where they're going. I mean, she's not there, I guess, because the place is about to become a war zone. But it's mom's house. Yeah, maybe we, that's why we rush in. Is mom here? No, I sent her away. Oh, good. Now let's trash the place and get out of here before she comes back. We have a, like a, a teen party in the middle of it. Well. We're about to because all of the not kid assassins are about to show up, and this is our opportunity for all of the booby traps to start going off and getting them. Oh, okay. fortunately, Stan worked for most of the booby traps in, but we don't know what they are or where they are, so naturally, we're going to fall victim to at least a couple of them. Oh, and we did say that they were the actual boobies, right? These are booby traps, and so that's why we wanted mom out of the way because we would have been embarrassed. Uh, at least one of them needs to be one of the booby traps from our uh, temple or our Raiders of the Lost Ark scene. I don't think they all should be. Some of them should just be some some tasteful borrowing from Home Alone stuff. Okay. But at least one of them needs to be like a, a boob rolling down a flight of stairs at some assassins. Oh, maybe we have... Is it a boob rolling down the stairs or instead of like, you know... Because did, did they slip on marbles? Yeah, I was also I was also boobs. thinking that it could be an entire jar of little boobs to to slip around on and trip. Yeah, I'm okay with that. So one. Those, not I, to ourselves. Either that, or it'll be like that one where it was what was it? I think it was a paint can on a string, but I think a bowling ball on a can or on a string, bowling ball on a string. Oh, that would work. But it's a boob and it slams somebody in the head. So we've got the the potential boob rolling downstairs, a la the giant. Uh, Rolling Stone from Raiders, or we've got boob marbles, or a boob bowling ball. One of them steps on a very distended nipple. Is that is that going to work like a stepping on a nail? It goes through their foot. I don't want to do uh, that. That's insane and awful. Never mind. That is that is pretty bad. You just you just penetrated a guy's foot with a nipple. You just invented a new fetish. I think six whose nipples was already a fetish. I, but going through a foot, that's got to be a new thing. Penetrating the nipple is an existing fetish for, you know, the kind of people who like smooth peanut butter. But <laughs> I don't think the nipple becoming the penetrative object is a thing yet. I, you know what? I'm probably dead wrong and I should stop talking right now. Maybe. I'm becoming, oh, who's... Uh, yeah, I think I think these boobs should be smooth spheres. I'm becoming Jimmy Savile. Is that the guy? Sav was it Jimmy Savile? I don't even know. The British pederast entertainer guy. Is it time for research? Yeah, Jimmy Savile. Uh, he was a dude who was like a BBC uh, radio and TV presenter. And then he used his like goodwill with the community to create relationships with uh, hospitals and mental uh, institutions and uh, like morgues in the area and then was very clearly abusing children and women in those places 
and was revealed to be having relationships with uh, mentally ill people as well as dead bodies and had a uh, a sexual fantasy about eating himself, which derived from like wanting to have the most interesting, unique sexual fetish. I bet that guy likes smooth peanut butter. He should. He, I hope he was buried under the prison. I think he probably was a spokesman for smooth peanut butter. Talk about deviant even beyond deviant. Deviant for the sake of deviancy, really. Just like wanting to top yourself and knowing it. Anyway. Just when extremism itself becomes a fetish. Yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy, but don't actually. That's what he's after. It's like you said, Tucker. We don't give predators their preferred prey. So we go. We are having a showdown. Yes, we are having a showdown. This is the purge. They're breaking and entering, but Stan has set the scene. They're getting taken out by like boob marbles or a giant boob Golden or boobs. like a, a bowling <laughs> uh, bowling boob. Where do I put my fingers? There's no holes. That damn right, there are no holes. No, you need the bowling butt for that. <sighs> but yeah, and various other traps are getting these guys, and at least a couple of them get us, and I'm not convinced that we shouldn't be the victim of the boob trap. Since it was our joke before... I think we should be running we away should probably be taking we out. slip on the marbles. <laughs> the boob marbles. And then we're taken out. Yeah. Yeah, we're all confident we got them with the bowling boob, and then as we're running away, we're slip and fall on the boob marbles. Mar- the marboobs. The marboobles. The marboobles. <laughs> Let me remind you that you are both grown men over the age of 30. All right. So we've weird. Are the kid assassins are more or less being taken out, but some of them are still coming our way. Somebody needs to intervene to finally stop them. Is it going to be mom? I'm not sure. I feel like mom needs her own thing. If she shows up in this, she's just like a shadow on the wall or a voice or something like that. Yeah, I was thinking that it would be like uh, Rugrat style, where she's just like literally just a pair of legs. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. With shoes, and she's just like, "What the hell is going on here?" Like she's just like this nebulous authority. And so, do all the all the child assassins stop because they're afraid of her authority? They all immediately turn into kids. Literally, everybody is afraid of her authority. There's like the uh, the record scratch sound. Do we tell the kids you guys should go? All the action stops, and yeah, we tell them you guys should probably get out of here. And so they just do. <laughs> Damn right they do. Everybody within ten square miles just got the the compulsion to fuck right off. How did YouTube's team come into play? Did we see them at all? Did we run into them on the way there? Maybe they were the PMC. It, it, in fact, it probably makes the most sense for the PMC to be the YouTube hit squad. Because their only real priority is getting the award back. And since you promised to give it back, Uh, it would be very agreeable to terms. And then we don't have to shoehorn that joke in. We can do that as a sketch somewhere else. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think the YouTube Hit Squad should be the PMC. If anybody's going to agree to a deal to get the award, it will be the guys whose only priority is the award. They're not there to shoot us or any of that, but they will. They just want the award. Sure. Oh, and so maybe because we were saying that they would be 
extremely powerful, but maybe they as a group aren't powerful, but maybe the they were sent by their boss, who is the algorithm, and the algorithm has gotten in contact with mom. So mom scares off the kids, and then she turns to us and lectures us about, I hear you stole some property. Oh, I hear you kids have been helping yourself to other people's property. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, see, the algorithm had a backup plan, and it was mom. He told our mom. Also, yeah, the YouTube Hit Squad is very powerful, but so are the Sendables. So they were they were probably the best to match against each other. No, yeah, I like that. That's fair. Especially because this is a Hit Squad attacking an entire compound. Like, they're laying siege. And it's a small group laying siege to an entire compound full of Sendables. An entire post office. <laughs> it's a post fortress. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Mom shows up shuts down our party right away and in fact she's going to take the award away and make sure that it goes back to the algorithm oh and then does it cut from there to us it's it's in perspective it's uh zoomed into a youtube video of tucker and todd apologize and it's us doing like a tearful mockery of all those youtube apologies anybody that's ever had youtube drama their stupid tear-stained apologies I crying. I love that. I absolutely want to do that. I know that joke has already been done before, but I think we can we can joke about it and also quite possibly joke about the jokes about it. Yeah, we never should have done it, but if you guys were on our side, you might see. <laughs> oh man. Not only are they so sorry, but also it's never their fault. Pick one. You can't be sorry and also not be at fault. <laughs> Fucking children. But this is our world. <laughs> yes, this is our world and we're going to but yes, I definitely think that uh we're gonna we'll we'll hand the award back to mom and then we're gonna start to exit the scene and she's gonna clear her throat and be like <clears throat> one more thing. And then it cuts to us doing the apology video. And then in the post rolls, in the post credit sequence, we see Columbo talking to mom saying, you know, one more thing is my thing. <laughs> yeah, somebody's got to be mad about that. But I definitely wanted it to get slipped in there. Oh, maybe Columbo is mom or mom. Is oh, mom. I like that. She's going to like some something will happen where she will like take off her mask and it'll be Columbo. But we don't know that. No, we don't know that. This is this is dramatic irony. Just the audience knows. But I think that's perfect. That also that also makes it kind of clear as to why she has this profound authoritative power. She says one more thing. You're going to make an apology. And we go, OK. And we turn around and slump into our room. And then it cuts back to her and she removes her wig and her dress. And it's Columbo. No, no, she doesn't. She doesn't tell us we have to make an apology. She just says one more thing. And then it cuts to black. And then we do the apology video. Her reveal to be Columbo has to be in the post credits. That's one of those. Is she watching our apology? And she's like, uh, with approval. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, she's got fucking sniffed her a brandy. <laughs> she's sitting in a comfy chair watching our apology and then, like, takes off her mask or whatever, and it's Columbo. I like that a lot. Kicks back in the chair. Yeah, exactly. Comfy and, you know, everything is coming together. Also, has to still have the award. Columbo has the award? Yes, Columbo has the award. Like the the screen, the camera kind of has to pan so that because of course it has to get first. The scene is is shot from behind, so it's a profile of the back of Mom's head. She's got the the snifter of brandy, 
and then the camera will pan up and there's us on a screen doing our apology then it can pan to one side and it then comes the mask take the pull off the mask and wig pull off that reveals it's Columbo and then like Columbo can go out of focus as the background comes into focus and they're on a shelf or something is the award and then slow fade to black I like that a lot yes yeah, slow fade to black so in the end Columbo got it and that was his plan all along that was why he sent the fisherman oh yeah of course do we want to work in like this whole thing? <laughs> By the way, everybody, our audience, this entire thing that we've just been discussing for the past two hours, literally came from. I realized that <laughs> stay gold pony boy is a reference to a Robert Frost poem. <laughs> stay gold. That was all it took. That's all it stay took. gold. And then it was nothing could stay gold. And I was like, oh, the boys want gold. What's gold that the boys want? the youtube award and then there we are it's suddenly a whole plot it's the MacGuffin. that's amazing i'm really proud of what we just did that's the single longest bit we've ever done and i think it there's not going to be a whole lot of cut content there either i think no almost none whatsoever this has been fantastic we're getting practiced especially i mean i it probably helps that we did spend a good while discussing this one beforehand yeah some there was a fair amount of pre pre-discussion and preamble but I think that I'm all out of creative energy now. That's okay. Can I run one more little joke as part of this past you and then we can be done? Lay it on me. It was to bring back the pony boy thing. When mom is telling us to like, we have to give back everything that we stole. Does she go? No, nothing gold can stay. We have other gold things in the room. And she's like, no, nothing gold can stay. And that's when Pony Boy shows up to make a little reference, or do we need that at all? I think there's room for that before she does her one more thing, because because we we uh, hmm when yeah see she walks in, does her authority aura thing, we tell the kid, not kid assassins to leave, and then she levels with us. Is there room for her to say nothing gold can stay when she's demanding that we hand over? the award do we try to give her like a fake thing or do we try to give her something else that looks golden she kind of vaguely refers to not specifically awards she says you need to give back to something or maybe she says you need to give back give back the gold give back the something and we say can we keep the gold something oh he says you have to give back the gold awards and we say can we keep the gold something or other and she says no nothing gold can stay if we can fit that in then there is room for pony boy to show up but is it going to actually be a pony that's why i'm not sure that's why i said son of dead horse uh, is it a little a little pony boy a little pony boy chimera thing and can you runs... give can you give a pony like a middle school boy haircut that makes it obviously look like it's kind of a boy yeah i would give him a stupid haircut and i would give him like a old-fashioned schoolboy outfit too He's got actually he's got gray trousers and a white shirt and a red sweater vest. Or do we want to actually make it? Do we want to dress him up like Pony Boy? In which case he's got he's a greaser. Might as well give him a leather jacket. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was the way to go with it. Actually, was to make him that actual character in that scene when he's all lit up with the sunset being golden or if somebody is painted golden it it has to be a kid who didn't get scared away actually maybe he's one of the assassins a pony boy assassin and he didn't get cleared off with everyone else and we go nothing gold can stay and pony boy runs out crying 
or is he just a stuffed animal that happens to be nearby that the camera can pan in on as she says nothing gold can stay oh that's an interesting one that way he doesn't have to be animated he doesn't have to be a character he can just be like an inanimate object that just happens to be within the frame that's currently out of focus but once she says that it comes into focus and it pans in on it Oh, nothing gold can stay. Okay, we throw out and we go, oh man, we throw out this little stuffed animal and one character says, that was my pony boy. Who says that? That's a very Todd thing to say. Okay, then I definitely want to throw it out. Yeah, Tucker throws it out. And you've actually always wanted to. I never liked it. Yeah, I've always been looking to get rid of that thing. Sayonara. I think that's a wrap. I think that's a wrap. Thank you, Tucker. Thank you, Todd. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this season finale. That oh was my a bit God. of a, that was a fucking hit. I can't actually tell you how excited I am to type out season two, episode one for the next one. <laughs> oh, I I've been looking forward to this one all day. Cha changes. This was fun. This was a lot of fun. And I think we could actually make a movie out of this. Yeah, well now we've got two movies. That's I you know what, as much as we did spend maybe twenty minutes still kind of clunking into forcing old ideas into this new idea. I'm glad that we really didn't end up having to use any of it. And we still have that as now a sequel or a prequel. I'm not sure. This one is where we break the internet. The next one we save it. Yeah. Oh, well, because this is definitely the prequel. Yeah. Because we will discover that the, the, yeah, this is a, a post credit sequence exactly like Marvel, which is setting up the next movie because we never did actually get the MacGuffin back. Yeah. Uh, Columbo had it the entire time. So it's in his possession. The, the internet needs it and doesn't get it. Interesting. And then so in the next one, we will have to discover that Columbo is mom and we'll have a whole he's trying to sacrifice us Thanos bullshit storyline. Oh, God. Realizing that Columbo is mom is going to be serious. And it's going to require a lot of therapy in season three. Now, has Columbo always been mom or is Columbo just currently taking mom's place and mom is like at like a five-star hotel somewhere tune into the next episode to find out yeah i'm okay with that all right will mom reveal herself to be columbo or was it in fact a joke the whole time you're having fun i'm having fun i like voices (laughs) all right well it's time for this voice to call it a night that by voice that was a scene. That was a good scene. A brilliant scene. Good night, everybody. Good night, Craig. Good night, Craig. Good night, Todd. Good night, Luddites. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Tucker and Todd Show. If you want to reach out to the show, our email address is tuckertodpod at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram at tuckertodshow. If you enjoyed the program, likes and thumbs and hearts and positive reviews go a long way to helping us keep making it. Tell your friends and be kind to one another. I'm Craig. Good night. Fuck Tucker, Tucker sucks. And fuck Tucker's friend Todd.